Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, I tell my kids what people have been telling their kids since the start of this great country. You work hard, you apply yourself, you too can grow up and be a state controller. <laughs> it's a beautiful what, dream. And that's what Lonnie Chen wants to be. Lonnie Chen is a candidate for California State Controller, David and Diane Steffi Fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution, and, as if that's not enough, the Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford University. All that's got to keep you kind of busy, Lonnie, huh? Well, you know, it's been a busy new year already. Hope you guys have had a good one so far. Have you had uh, the COVID yet? Uh, I have not. No, I have not. But I know plenty of people who, who have and have been dealing with it over the last couple of weeks. I mean, I think yeah. the surge is real. You know? Oh, yeah. You're going to get it. I mean, everybody's getting the Omicron. I've had it once. I suspect I'm going to get it again. But what yeah. are you going to do? Yeah. So all sorts of interesting, crazy stuff coming out of really America's wellspring of interesting and crazy California. Uh, but before we get to that, Lon, he uh, the speech Joe Biden gave the other day in which he said, if yeah. you oppose the national uh, nationalization of elections, you're as good as Bull Connor, uh, Jefferson Davis, George Wallace, the segregationist governor of, of Alabama back in the day. Uh, w- what was your reaction to that speech? Uh, you know, just uh, what was your gut reaction? Well, you shake your head because, you know, here was the Joe Biden who campaigned as a moderate, as somebody who'd bring Americans together, as somebody who would be a, you know, rec- re- reconciliator, if, that, if that's a word, you know, somebody who would, uh, who, who would attempt to bridge our divide. And now you have him going out ba- basically, you know, accusing a significant percentage of the country who believe in local and state control of elections. Uh, basically called them, uh, you know, every bad name in the book. So it was it was a head shaker. It was disappointing. But I guess I, I have to say I'm not too surprised, given where our politics are, given given, you know, kind of what we're seeing with what Joe Biden has been dealing with. I mean, he's had a really rough first year, guys. I mean, if, if you look at what he's done over the last several months, the challenges he continues to face with the economy and inflation, uh, I guess I, I have to say I can't blame him for wanting to demagogue the issue, but that's really what he did. He really just kind of got out there and said, look, I'm, I'm going to call a bunch of Americans names. I'm going to make them feel awful for disagreeing with me and for not acknowledging that there is a real debate about this particular issue. And, uh, you know, it's disappointing. Is there anything that's going to arrest this direction that we're going, this trajectory of, 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 of presidents giving outlandish speeches and things getting more divisive? Oh, boy, I wish, you know, I wish I could say that we're headed in a different direction or there's a way to turn it around. It just feels like a lot of these guys, you know, they're going for clicks and they're going for retweets and they're going for social media hype. And, you know, in the case of Joe Biden, I think what you see is what happens when you are responsive to the far, in his case, the far left progressive base of his party. Instead of really being a guy who who would seek out the middle and would seek out moderation, you have somebody who is now being incredibly responsive to uh, to the far progressive left. And, and it's quite obvious what's happened here. So one more kind of national question, Lon, he, as you are an authority on California politics in, in many ways. Um, and, and folks tuning in, maybe you don't know Lon He Chen. He's a very reasonable fellow. He works beautifully across the aisle. He is not prone to chucking bombs. Uh, so if, if his uh, answer is subtle and gentlemanly, it, well, it's going to be. <laughs> How is Kamala Harris the vice president of the United States exactly? <laughs> she seems to have zero political talent. 
you know, uh, politics a lot of times is about being in the right place at the right time. And it's about, you know, creating breaks and it's about sometimes just lucking into breaks. And, you know, look, she's not, she wouldn't be the first politician to occupy a position that, you know, she arguably wasn't, wasn't, uh, you know, particularly well suited for, but look, I mean, you know, you, 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 she gave an answer recently. I forgot where I heard it. She gave an answer recently on what's going on with the administration's response to COVID that it's almost like she, I have to say, it's like she heard a different question. She was answering a different question because I was like, hold on a second. You know, it's like, do you like hamburgers or hot dogs? Well, I think the weather's nice. Thank you. And it's like, what, what is going on here? It's like a different universe. It's yeah. like a different universe, yeah. you know? I mean, so I, I, I don't know if it's, if it's just that she lacks, uh, you know, look, I, I think the answer is it's a really difficult situation, and she didn't want to acknowledge it was a difficult situation, but it just made her look silly, uh, uh, unfortunately for her. So California is going to have health care for everybody, including illegals. How the hell is that going to work? Oh, boy. I mean, you know, the, the, the best thing that um, I've heard recently about this is that it is so fanciful and so crazy that nobody actually thinks it's going to happen. Mm. Okay, And, and, and the, the proposal that you're seeing from a number of Sacramento I, I, Sorry to interrupt, but I remember feeling that exact way about driver's licenses for illegals. So crazy, well, no way it'll ever happen. You know, the, 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 the plan that we're hearing about now requires the, the one that basically would create a single payer healthcare system in California. That's going to require literally doubling taxes in California. Woo! I mean, I, I wish it were an exaggeration guys. I mean, sometimes you hear stuff, you're like, that can't be true. In this case, it literally is true. They want to double tax collection. They want to raise the top marginal tax rate in California to over 18% which is well above any other state. I would have to move tomorrow. I would have no choice. Not, not only that, not only that, but lest you think it is just a, a tax on rich people, they plan on adding a payroll tax to pay for this thing, which will impact families making $50,000 a year. If that is not a middle-class tax increase, I don't know what is. And so this idea, by the way, other states have tried this, and I've studied this extensively. You look at Vermont. Vermont tried this whole single payer. Let's let, let, let's create a socialist health care program. They tried this. And you know why they gave up on it? Because they couldn't pay for it. They tried for two years to figure out how to pay for it, even with massive tax increases. They couldn't pay for it. Here's the kicker, guys. If, if they get their way on this single payer health care thing, they're actually going to have a rule in place that they can raise taxes any time to pay for this thing with a simple majority. Currently in California, it requires a supermajority. They're going to change it. So just for health care, you need a simple majority. So this is the, I'm just saying there's so much in here that people are going to stop and say, no, 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 hold on a second. We can't do this. And, and even in California, even in California, people are going to stop and say, we can't do this. I hope you're right. I, I think. Lahi Chen is with the Hoover Institution, uh, Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford, candidate for California State Controller. You know, uh, Lahi, I'm going to ask you a question, and the entire state government of Illinois is going to be listening raptly to your answer. How is it that a state so badly managed fiscally as California has such a big surplus and all those billions of dollars sitting in the bank? How'd that happen? Two, two things. Number one is we've gotten a tremendous amount of federal cash 
from the from the Biden stimulus bills over the last several years. Thanks, right. another we, we 49 have... states, you suckers. Are you glad you went to work? <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Thank you to the taxpayers of the great state of Alabama for 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 your latest California boondoggle. I, I mean, so first of all, is there's just a lot of federal cash and, and, you know, a lot of states are dealing with surplus positions because they have a lot of cash from the feds. The other thing you got to understand about California's tax system is that it it is a tremendously volatile tax system, which means when the economy is is doing well, and by the economy, I don't necessarily mean the economy, I mean the stock market, okay? When the stock market's doing well, you're going to have a lot of revenue in the state. And as it turns out, for the last year, last couple of years, the stock market's been doing pretty darn well. I've noticed. So as a result, we've got all this money coming in from people cashing out their stock options and from people engaging in, in, in capital gains realizations. And so that means we have a lot of revenue. It has nothing at all to do with smart policy or smart planning by the state. It, it is entirely uh, a, a, a product of good fortune of what's going on in, in, in stock markets. And you know what that means, guys, is if the stock market goes the other way, we're going to be in deep, deep trouble. We're going to go from a multi-billion dollar surplus to a multi-billion dollar deficit overnight. So we have to be very careful. And, and you know, I, I love it when Newsom's out there saying, oh, look at all these great things that we've done. We have this great surplus as if he had anything to do with it. He had absolutely nothing to do with it. The feds had, had a lot to do with it. And then you had a great stock market. And, and so the combination of those two things has produced this kind of surplus. It has nothing to do with fiscal management. Need I remind you, in California, we're the home of the $30 billion unemployment insurance fiasco. Mm. We're $30 billion of our taxpayer money got sent out the door to fraudsters in Russia and China for fake unemployment insurance. And prisoners. In California. <laughs> and prisoners. Scott Peterson. Scott Peterson. Right? So anyway, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it's a remarkable thing when a politician can claim credit for something he had absolutely nothing to do with. But I guess that's politics. If you're a California listener, you want him to be your California state controller. It's Lon Hee Chan. I have one final question for you because I heard this on ABC this week, last week, and sometimes you're on those kind of shows. So they ask the uh, the roundtable people there, what do you put the odds of a Biden-Trump rematch? And the answers varied from 80% to 30% from Chris Christie. What do you put the odds at for a Biden-Trump rematch in 24? Uh, I, I think it's 50-50. Really? Right at 50, oh my God! 50, yeah. oh, come oh on, you're God. out of your mind. I love you, Lon. He, you're oh. out of your mind. Oh my God! <laughs> Biden's not going to live yeah. that long. <laughs> okay. You think you think Biden's the X factor, not Trump? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, fifty fifty. I mean, there's there's a bunch of things that are they're going to have to happen one way or the other. But uh, I, I'm I'm so glad I don't have to worry about that for another couple of years. Yeah, awesome. I'm glad I asked. Well, thanks for coming on. We appreciate yeah. it. Always great to talk to you, Lon He Chen. Always a pleasure. Thanks, thanks man. Yep, you, that, you know, I say, I, I'm why closer. does nobody but me have the guts to say what's true? Trump isn't interested. <laughs> he pretends to be interested, but he's not. And Biden's too effing old. It'll never happen. True international pressure. See, 50-50 seems high to me, too. But, man, there's a lot of people that have spent their lives studying this sort of thing who are saying 50% are better. They've spent their lives getting on TV. <laughs> It's like H.L. Mencken, my hero, has got this beautiful quote about uh, looking at the government. These people have no particular talent for governing. Their talent is for getting elected to office, period. Then they get into the office, and they have no idea what they're doing any more than you or I would. The same thing with the talking heads on TV. Please, they're full of crap. Can't tell if I'm rooting for it or not. Gotta be so exciting. Oh, no. No. It's bad. The Republic could not endure. Hey, how about a nasal spray that protects you against COVID? They, yeah, they, they might have one out. That'd be very cool.
among other things we can talk about coming up. And our text line is always ready for you at 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I just learned this. Our local hospitals right around here, I don't know where, what it's like wherever you live. Our local hospitals right around here, it's now an hour wait time at ERs because they're so, they got so many patients and they're so short staffed. An mm. hour wait to get in is your, your average to situation. To walk in, in the ER. door? Yeah. Irma Gerd, it's like a hot nightclub. When the fire truck pulls up, they said it takes them an hour to unload because there are so many vehicles there and it's so slow. So you're like when I had my gallbladder attack a couple of weeks ago, I can't even imagine sitting in the back of that ambulance for an hour screaming in pain before I get in to even find out what's wrong with me. Holy yeah. crap! Yeah, I was just reading that a bunch of hospitals all across America are getting overwhelmed because the Omicron spreads so fast, even though it is generally milder. The, you know, 25, 30% of uh, uh, unvaccinated Americans, especially, they're getting hammered. They're having to go to the hospital. Luckily, not nearly as many people are going to die, we think. But, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Joe Rogan is a menace to public health, says 270 doctors and experts who signed a letter. Whatever. Any contrary opinion and you're a menace. How about just we have a bunch of different conversations and people decide what they think is right. You know, Joe Rogan may or may not be a hazard to my health, but I'm sure I could assemble 275 doctors who say he's not. Yeah. I also like this. Been making the rounds. For all those people who wear a mask while alone in their car, the new outdoor seatbelt is available. (laughs) (laughs) And the picture is funny. He got the seatbelt on walking around the park. (laughs) That's good. Makes every bit as much sense. Here's, here's a headline I enjoyed from the WAPO. German police use a COVID tracing app to scout crime witnesses. Some fear that's fuel for COVID conspiracists. Well, no, hang on. The German police are using a COVID tool now to deal with crime and round up witnesses. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's what's happening. I mean, if my wife's out in the kitchen combining ingredients in a pan, it's not a conspiracy theory that she's cooking dinner. Mm-hmm. It's what's happening. Good one. It's a conspiracy theory. So That's an a, odd thing to say. So I don't know when it'll be out, but there's a new nasal spray that could protect you against all COVID-19 variants for eight hours. You just squirt it in your nose and you got eight hours of protection. How awesome would that be if you're, you know, you're going to go shopping today. You know, you're going to go to the mall and the Walmart. Or you're going to go to a ball game tonight or whatever. You squirt the stuff in there. You know, you got full protection for eight hours. That'd be awesome. If the uh, Fauci bat fever continues in the direction it's going, I don't think there will be any market for it. Although, uh, well, I don't know. What, are there side effects? Is it harmless? Is it use, like using an allergy spray or something? Clearly, they wouldn't know that yet. Yeah, I mean, it's... Might it's, grow hair on your eyes. Who knows what it does? Yeah, see, the interesting thing is nobody's quite sure if COVID is going to be something that is not even discussed five years from now or if it's going to be a reality the rest of our lives, if it's the mildest of respiratory illnesses or if it kills 70,000 every damn year. Nobody knows. Colleges lost 465,000 enrollees uh, this fall below what was expected. Almost half a million fewer. 
I got a bigger number than that. Do you? Yeah. Um, the National Student Clearinghouse, because I heard that number yesterday. Uh, they found college enrollment has declined 5% from fall 2019 to fall 21, almost a million students less. Almost a million. Right, right, yeah. I was doing the year-to-year, you're doing the two-year, but the fact that it's such a notable trend, I mean, it's it's a good point. Uh, what's interesting, though, is the SNAP analysis. Um, they're afraid that it might represent a cultural shift in attitudes about higher education. You're afraid? I'm thinking Yahoo. Like that it's, to a large extent, a scam perpetrated by the fat, fat colleges oh, you... and, and the federal government flooding the zone with uh, so much money that it's tripled in cost. We started this week talking about the Great Resignation and that stupid story that they had on 60 Minutes about people not having a job that makes their heart sing, so quitting their job. But some of that might be the the the, the uh, love affair with college degrees that we went through there for the last decade or so, and a whole bunch of people getting a degree, getting out, getting a job they hate, and deciding, that's not what I want to do with my life. Well, they're sitting there at that job they hate, not making much money in a cubicle, and they are up to their ears in terrifying debt from that wonderful education they got from the woke professors. Now, a little little more, why am I going to college to get a degree to do what, as opposed to automatically going to college? Seems like a good idea to me, if that's Mm -hmm. the direction we're headed. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. COVID cases are up and President Biden's approval rating is down. According to a new Quinnipiac poll, only a third of Americans approve of the job Biden is doing, which is a new low. At this point, he may want to actually consider changing his name to Brandon. 33% is low. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And it was like, it's an outlier poll, so we'll have to see some more polls to see if it's accurate or it is, um, you know, a little off like polls can be sometimes. But he in that poll, it was a third of Americans, but like 24% of independents? Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The number among independents was devastatingly low. He's still being propped up by a just okay majority of Democrats. And in this tribal era, the fact that it's, I don't have the number in front of me, but it's not very impressive at all. I mean, that's that's just scathing. On the other hand. You 33% who say, yeah, he's doing a great job. What are your standards exactly? Yeah, because Trump always had like 80-90% of Republicans. Which was a little more complicated than just approval-disapproval. Sure. But anyway, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so like one of the big stories of the day that I've been trying to keep my eye on, uh, Ukraine government announced that their all their computers have been hacked and uh that's the exact sort of thing you would expect russia to do right before they invade secretary of state blinken said the um well both sides are saying the talks came to an end last night they're at a dead end between the united states and russia why it's the united states and russia and not germany and france and russia or the eu for the love of the EU. but anyway uh the talks came to a dead end and and our secretary of state said he thinks putin is trying to create a reason a justification to start the war we they the the, the talks are over you won't give time to go in I, i don't know but that was last night and today the cyber attacks so maybe maybe this is the weekend 
I don't know. I'm, I'm never sure what those excuses are for or who they're for. I know. Because everybody knows what's going on. Right. Oh, yeah, there was cross-border border shooting at our uh, troops, so we had to go in. Or there wasn't. We don't know. It's crazy. C- CNN's having a rough go of it. Viewership at the scandal-plagued CNN plummets by as much as 90% from last year in both overall audience and a key demo. 90%, huh? 90%. Oh, yeah. If you drop 5% in this business, you have a meeting with bosses. You drop 90%, I suggest you go to night school and get a new trade. Well, I tell you what, it's it's more interesting than that to me, um, and I won't steal your thunder if you're about to go into that. If you're not, I will steal it. I got no thunder. All right, no. Th- <laughs> He's got no thunder down under. Uh, here's the story, and and I was kind of hip to this by uh, Glenn Greenwald in his fabulous piece entitled "The Histrionics and Melodrama Around One Six Are Laughable, But They Serve Several Key Purposes." Mentioned this, I think it was yesterday. CNN's highest rated day ever was January 6th last year. The reason their ratings are down so far from last year is that they were so high last year. Yeah, it is. Also because they suck. They do suck. Those two things. They do suck, but that is unfair. You can't take the ratings on 9-11 or January 6th and a year later say, look how much your ratings have dropped. From the biggest news story of the last decade? Yeah. Yeah, but here's where it gets more interesting to me, and Greenwald makes this point eloquently and uh, and at some length. Like many politicians and those trying to distract us from something else, CNN is desperate, desperate to get people to tune in. And so they and most of the mainstream media are whipping up the one six stuff way out of proportion. Maybe Tubin should show his crank more often. <laughs> That's one possible strategy. Look, folks, there are no bad ideas. Keep let me let me write that on the uh, dry erase board. <laughs> Tubin shows penis. All right, what else do we have? <laughs> Go ahead, anybody. Um, so uh, you know, they they and a lot of the mainstream media are desperate to whip it up because it got eyes and ears. Um, and then actually, Matt Taibbi had a similar piece that I saw thought was brilliant. Maybe we'll we'll share that with you Monday. Where he's talking about um, a lot of the mainstream media and even the, the comedians and all their coverage of the stupid moron people who won't get vaxxed and mocking them and laughing at them when they die and that sort of thing. Um, and he thinks it's just it's a distraction from the fact that the Democrat and Republican connected Wall Street barons, the super uh, the super banks and the rest of it, they are making money by the trillions of dollars right now. All of those uh, relief dollars that have flowed out of the capital, they've flowed right into the mega banks. All those people are getting filthy rich by their standards, and he just thinks this pitting us against each other in these semi-phony culture wars is deliberate. Interesting. He says it's a str- it's a strategy as old as government. Uh, but more on that another time. It's Friday, and I'm not in the mood. Do you want to feel good? Winnie the Pooh and Piglet walking through the woods. What day is it, asks Pooh. It's today, squeaked Piglet. My favorite day, says Pooh. Oh, that's nice. Huh? Did you, did you just get a little feeling of goodness there? I did. Huh? That's nice. You know, do we have the uh, short version of that uh, brilliant thing Kamala Harris said recently did, about what day it is? And, did you yeah. did you feel good after I said that, or did you run shrieking in terror because of talking pigs and bears? <laughs> it could go either way. I hadn't really considered that. It is time for us to 
do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Thank you, Piglet. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. That was the vice president. <laughs> what? As you heard Lana He Chen say earlier this hour, she says things sometimes that, like, did you hear the question wrong? Or <laughs> what are, what or are you talking about? You're just trying to figure out what she means. <laughs> <laughs> say, say that again, Madam Vice President. Lady it girl. is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. I heard somebody, who was it I was listening to? Oh, 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 oh. It was on Special Report with Brett Baer. On his panel, he always has somebody to represent an opposing view from mainstream conservatism. There's always a counterargument because he's got guts, unlike most of the cable channels. And he has this Democratic operative gal on there who he frequently has, and she tried. Poor kid. I mean, she's got a job to do. She did her best to do it. She could barely keep a straight face. But she said, I think a lot of the uh, criticism of the vice president is uh, sexism, and a lot of it is uh, race, race-based. race Sure. Okay. Sure. It's not that she's a chucklehead <laughs> and just kind of a dope and has no political talent, because I think it's probably that. I can name you a whole bunch of women I think are brilliant and a whole bunch of people of color I think are fit to lead the nation. She ain't one of them. Chucklehead is a funny term. Um... <laughs> For the first time in six months, a whole bunch of parents aren't going to get their I got kids check in the mail. So we'll see how that affects the economy and spending and everything. Parents are outraged after a middle school suggests their middle school girls wear shapewear to tackle body image issues. What? Yeah. Uh, they were having some sort of discussion about Bobby body image. Concerns. Put your eight year old in Spanx. What now? The letter discussed body image issues among females, and at the bottom of the letter offered parents the option to consent to the daughters receiving healthy literature and shapewear clothing items. So the school is going to provide shapewear clothing items to hold everything in the right spot. For Here's young, a girdle for your third grader. And middle school girls. I mean, that's just... Oh, man. It's not good at any age, but that's really young to be introduced. You need to wear special clothes that hold because you're a little, you know... I mean, I can't even go through with my joke here. I mean, that's... But anyway, so I brought that up just so I could, uh, executive producer Hanson mentioned, and did you mention it too, Alex? Somebody mentioned it, that uh, the shapewear for men is really taken off. And I said, where do I get that? Where's the closest place I can get those? <laughs> and I will start wearing them every single day. Why wouldn't I? Why I wouldn't you wear shapewear every day if it works? If it's comfortable? There yeah. are times. Yes, there are times I would wear it. W- yes. What are the times where you wouldn't? I mean, well, you don't need to sleep. Well, I got in plenty it. of clothes on that it doesn't matter, because dudes' clothes are mostly not very form-fitting. Right. Why wouldn't you want to? Is that what a girdle basically was back in the day? Yeah. Oh yeah. Why did it, it kind of squeezes everything into the shape you want? But is there a reason is that it went out of style? Other than, f- well, is there a reason it went out of style? Well, for men d- or women, is there a reason why I don't want to squeeze in my fat and kind of squeeze <laughs> it up a little higher? Right. And make me look better. Why don't I want to do that? What's the argument against it? Is there any way to squeeze my moobs over to my biceps? Can that be done? (laughs) Sounds painful. Can I turn a moob into a lat? Is that possible? (laughs) Shift it it around back. (laughs) Might be too far. (laughs) 
Ow. Ow. <laughs> well, I think I think the girdle took other forms with other names through the years, and, and gals of a certain age could do a better job describing it than me. But you oh. got your shaper pantyhose. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna well, I'm not gonna wear pantyhose, but I'm gonna jump all over this if they're if the shapewear thing for men is taken off. Is there uh, I just wondered if there's an actual medical reason why you don't want to do it. Because I know when the when the belts became popular, about the time that I was working for UPS shortly after that, wearing the belts for people who lift stuff. And do manual labor became popular, and then they very quickly f- found out that it does you more harm than good. Your back muscles atrophy, and you end up with with, with a weaker, right. yeah. and it's bad for you. But does shapewear do that, or is or do, or do I just look fantastic all day long? Oh, you know what? I was about to make a joke, and it reminded me of something. I probably shouldn't tell this, but I'm going to. So, uh, uh, little D came, our, our daughter, a 22 year old daughter, uh, came to visit during the holidays, and we actually we we had a nice weather day, and we went out and we played a little golf. <clears throat> and the guy who's like my swing coach, um, at one point we were playing and chatting, and I was talking about playing with my wife and women in golf and stuff like that, which I think is wonderful. Gals, you ought to play golf. It's a great game. It's a great chance to get together with your friends. But I said a, a pro tour, a ladies pro tour player's name came up, and I said, uh, I said to him, Jason, gals with larger busts, how does that work, golf swing-wise? He said, put your arms on top of your boobs. I said, <laughs> I laughed. He said, no, you got you to know that immediately if you're going to teach women. And you say that to them, and they laugh, and they understand. You put your arms on top of your boobs. So anyway, we're playing, uh, we're playing golf with Delaney, and she's kind of on either side instead and trying to swing that way. Huh. And I said, sweetie, I got this from one of the top golf coaches in the area. You got to put your arms on top of your, 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 uh, your chest there on top. And okay, she tries it. Then she cuts, drifts away from it. And then I say, honey, I don't mean to bug you or anything, but, uh, you got to put your arm on top of your boobs. And she says, dad, I'm trying. They're perky. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true cute 22-year-old. Dad, I'm trying. They're perky. (laughs) I realize that the human body is not like a Stretch Armstrong. My kids have a Stretch Armstrong, and you can kind of mold that into anything. But if I could get my moobs down into my skinny, skinny legs... That'd just be fantastic. No, that's that more, too that's far. Too well, no, no, that's the whole, you know, they're cutting you open, sucking it out, and <laughs> spraying it back in you somewhere else thing. Uh, what are you, the fat sculpting, I think they call that or something? I might be going men's shapewear today, if I find it, now that I know that it's popular. I don't see I got my sexy pants on. You got your stretchy pants on. I, uh, 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 I don't like this school t- doing it for middle school girls, but... For middle-aged men, I'm I'm all for it. So. It seems bizarre and ill-advised for yeah the young girls. In the name of body image, they're going to bring you down to what the nurse's office and get you a pair of spanks and a push-up bra. It's bizarre. It's sick. Do you? What do you put the likelihood on that uh, uh, the Russia invades Ukraine this weekend? Low, middle? No, I don't. I honestly, I don't know. Uh, based on what I've heard, it's uh, it's sixty percent maybe. Really? More likely than not, at wow. least they'll make some sort of big move. I, I, although I don't know, I've got to admit, I, I, I read about this, I study it, and and I'm still confused whether this is a giant bluff to get concessions or if Putin just wants to grab more turf. I've been told by people who are pretty smart in this stuff that he senses that his time on top is 
his time is waning. He's getting older, and some domestic uh, challenges are getting tougher and tougher. And he thinks now is the time to rally the Russian people, fire up their pride, the great Russian empire, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't have forever, so he wants to do it now. This just came across seconds ago from the New York Times. The U.S. is accusing Russia of sending saboteurs, saboteurs into Ukraine to stage a false flag operation that would create a pretext for Moscow to invade. So it's on this weekend, I think. They hacked the computers of the government, which we announced earlier, and now they've sent saboteurs into the country for a false flag operation. It's on. Yeah, it, it sounds like it's on, yeah. Interesting. Um, lots of stuff on the way. Stick with us. Armstrong and Getty. says N95 masks are the most protective, uh, which is too bad because I assume the bedazzled ones I bought on Etsy were 100% COVID proof. <laughs> yeah, the N95 mask should be helpful, unfortunately, out of habit. Whenever somebody says N95, Biden calls out, bingo! <laughs> so if you got a mask that's not an N95 or K95, you're pretty much wasting your time with Omicron. Um... I'm still wearing the useless surgical mask just to fulfill the requirements around here. Uh, but So they handed out N95 masks to all the members of Congress yesterday, and they all said made in China on the side of them, which yeah, is just... Saw that. That's just embarrassing. Don't, don't, don't you have to, like, I don't know, either cover that up or find some made in America. That's just too much. That's too on point. Yeah, don't get me started about China. I'm continuing my readings on China. I'll tell you this, 10 seconds. The Confucius Institutes that were on so many dozens and dozens of American campuses, they were propaganda and espionage centers, period. And you America-hating, naive college administrator suckers, you sold out your country to get the Chinese dollars. You prostituted yourself for the communists. Damn you. I've seen them march in my local parade over and over again from the local university. It's propagandists and intelligence agents. Congratulations, America. How stupid can you be? So, this is something not that surprising. Uh, So, two months after they announced that kids 5 to 11 could get the shot, only a quarter have even gotten one shot. And I know neither one of my kids have. So, for myself, I ran out and got it right away. For my kids, I haven't. Combination of things, I'm guessing, with most parents. Maybe some of it's you'd... You're worried about what it does to young people, and they don't really know because they hasn't been around long enough to be able to test it. That's part of it, I guess. But Well, and let's start with the why am I doing this? My yeah. kid is at practically zero risk of serious illness. Yeah, I was gonna, I was going to go as that as a bigger factor is that like just the, the, the likelihood of them getting really sick and ending up in the hospital or dying is incredibly low, and you got to balance that against unless your kids are different than my kids, they don't really like shots. So it's, you know, a bit of a thing to get your kid to get a shot. And if it's, why are we doing it? <laughs> I mean, so. Yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised by those numbers at all. I think we both uh, predicted that, honestly. 
I well for California, unless they change it, it's mandatory for next school year. Right. Right. Yeah, that's right. Although, uh, gosh darn it. I mean, what's the world going to look like in June? No idea. COVID-wise, nobody has any clue. No idea, because I thought we'd be completely over it by now. Yeah. I've got to believe that between the nasal spray preventative and the soon, please, availability of therapeutics, wide availability of therapeutics, I'm hoping, even if it remains a disease that can make people really sick, you know, by a few months from now, It'll be like uh, most diseases in the modern era. We have uh, cures and treatments. Sometimes our vice president amuses me. Sometimes I scratch my head and what the hell she's talking about. Sometimes she angers me. She angered me with this answer. She gave a fairly long interview on NBC. They kind of got in her. Uh, they got into her spanks a little bit yesterday. I would describe it as occasionally coherent. Uh, and but they they ask her some tough questions, and some of her answers were like this. The 500 million tests that have been ordered that are going to be sent to every, every American, do we know when those are going out? Shortly. They're going to go out shortly. They've been, ordered. They've been ordered. We, I have to look at the current information. I think it's going to be by next week. But soon. Absolutely soon. And it is a matter of urgency for us. Should we have done that sooner? We are doing it. But should we have done it sooner? We are doing it. What kind of an answer is that? Terrible. It's somebody with no talent for politics. That's a how dare you ask me. Or what are you even talking about? Or back off. That's what that kind of answer is. We're doing it. Why did it take so freaking long is a is a question everybody in America is asking. But you ask the vice president, we're doing it. Well, and what's especially crazy is the White House uh, guy in charge of this came out and said, we actually haven't ordered them yet. We're working on the contract still. Yeah. So she was not in the loop? What? They didn't give her like a one page of the facts on the biggest story of the day when she sat down for the interview or she didn't read it. Armstrong and Getty.